My name is Ronika Jacobs, and you found my podcast, Strive for More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. My next guest, Tom Pika, is striving for more in life as a musician. Tom formerly had a career in business and was a university lecturer. He decided to pursue his dream and began a career in music in Finland. Tom and his band, Carmen Gray, signed with Sony and enjoyed almost 10 years of chart-topping success in music. Tom recently created a new band, The Impersonators, and they have a new single, Cloud Nine, and he is once again enjoying fulfillment as a songwriter, performer, and musician. In this episode, he will discuss his journey as a songwriter and independent artist and the tips he learned along the way. Hi, Tom. Welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, Thanks for having me. How are you? I am doing wonderful, wonderful. Okay, my first question. When did you first know you wanted to be a songwriter? This was when I was six. I, uh, my, my mom and dad, they, they always had music on around the house in the car. And I, was, uh, I, re- I remember clearly dad took me with him. We needed to get some gas. And as my dad went inside, in those days you, had to, you didn't pay at the pump, but you went inside to pay at the gas station. I stayed in the car, and my dad had a new tape that he had bought, Paul Anka's group. And there was a song on it that caught my attention, um, a song called Lonely Boy. And that was one of the first times um, that, that I completely stopped what I was doing and, and played the song over and over again. I think I, I, I listened to it about four times before my dad got back. And what I was impressed by was, was uh, Paul Anka's double-track lead vocal. That was one of the first times. What Paul Ank and the Beatles were doing was that they double-tracked their voices. And mind you, I was I was six, and the fact that music started resonating um, at, at at such a such a young age it's a little bit uh, weird. But that's how it all that's how I got started, or how it all started. And when I went home, I asked my dad to give me a little tape player, and I just I played the heck out of that tape. I I. I I, I still have the tape. I, I, I bought the uh, I bought the album as a CD, also, because nobody plays tapes anymore. But yeah, it, that's that's how it happened. Um, I figured out after listening to the tape about <laughs> a thousand times that I wanted to write songs. I wanted to try my hand at that. Of course, the first 
that, that I that I wrote were not very good. One was called Coca Cola Song, and and the worst part of it is that I remember <laughs> it's a it's a ghastly ditty. <laughs> so many people write songs, but never have the courage to perform them. How did you feel comfortable writing and then performing your songs? Well, to tell the truth, like I said, the the, the first songs that I wrote. But but I, I suppose I was a bit big-headed always, even as a kid. I remember thinking that they were great, <laughs> listening back to them now. I mean, if I had to perform them now, the stuff that I wrote when I was six, uh, made this and uh, what better way to test your songs than to play them to your parents, friends, and anybody who would listen. And so, you know, it, it's weird. I, um, I know a lot of people write, and they write lots and lots of songs and for a very long time, but yet never... Uh, find the courage to perform their own music, but it wasn't like that for me. I think that nowadays I'm more aware of the fact that the world is filled with incredibly talented writers, and um, I'm always a bit worried before single comes out, and I'm thinking in terms of you know, wow, I hope people are gonna like this. But as a young dude, I was pretty self-confident. But maybe that's what happens to you with age, and then disappointments, and life, life sort of, uh, um, you know, I just forces you on your knees a few times and then you realize that maybe you're not the center of the universe and, and a perfect writer. But I'm glad that when I was a kid, I had the courage because that's obviously how you learn. No, absolutely. So most musicians, of course, their dream is to get signed by a major record label. So the moment that you found out that your band, Carmen Gray, that you guys were signed by Sony, what was that moment like? Well, that moment was great, but you got to understand, um, I was signed two times before Carmen Gray happened, and nothing came out of those. I think that one of the first uh, things to keep in mind is that even though you, you sign a record deal, your music either takes off or it doesn't. Um, I, re I remember the first um, record deal I ever signed. It was with a company called Olarin Music in Finland. It was a small label indie label and I recorded one EP for them and um, that just nothing happened uh, in retrospect if I listen to the EP now, it wasn't perhaps that good but happened nothing came out of that except one review that I got <laughs> where the reviewer said that he'd rather um, saw his head off than listen to my music I saw a copy of that but this goes back to what I said before is that you kind of learn as you go that was the first feedback, I, official feedback that I ever got. But then again, there were lots of good points that the reviewer made, and I uh, learned learned from those a lot. That's that's uh, um, that's that's what I did. But when Carmen Gray got signed, it was uh, it was with a major label, and um, obviously the expectations ran high. So in our age, with the advancement of technology and of course social media, and you can basically distribute your own music, your own work. How important do you think it is to be signed to a major record label? Is it really necessary? What, what can they do differently? In terms, if you look at it from a very narrow point of view, which is how most people look at it, they can't do anything you can't do in terms of, uh, because nowadays you can just go any of the, what they're called aggregators, I suppose, that they like TuneCore, and you, you submit your music to them and they put it on Spotify and Apple Music and it's there for supposedly for thousands to 
listen to and um doesn't quite work out like that um i think the one of the uh, it, it's a difficult question to answer because one of the most important things in in, in for anybody who who um who who's an aspiring songwriter who, or or a musician in music is to find the right people because without the right people you don't have the right connections and and you will hit a glass ceiling rather quickly there are there are thousands of blogs out there web web magazines and you can have dozens of reviews and you can have dozens of um posts written about your music or or you but if they're not in the right blogs and right webzines or magazines or um it, it you're they they're not going to they're not going to basically help your career in any way you will not all of a sudden people are not going to find your music in Spotify they're not going to find your music in um Apple Music or wherever, whatever streaming platform folks are using these days. I think the most important thing is to to get you know get a post or a review in exactly the right places where people can find your stuff, where people who love music can find your stuff. Lots of times, if you pay attention, especially if you're if you're st- if you're starting out, lots of blogs, lots of smaller blogs, their audience or their followers are the musicians who submit to the blog because. They might have certain amount of followers, but if if they're all just musicians looking to get their work reviewed, they're not going to go back and read the review the blog wrote a, wrote a bike. So one of the things that record labels do provide, if they're large enough and if they're connected enough, radio DJs they know editors, and and that's how you can get your music published. But that's really all you can do. You can get it out there, but unless you know the right people, nobody's ever going to find it. And that's the biggest challenge. Totally understand that, although I'm not a musician, but as a podcaster, it works pretty much the same kind of way. Each episode that I put out is like a song, right? And the whole season is my album. And so just trying to get it out there. And yes, I'm on Spotify and I'm on Apple and in Google and Pandora and all of these places, but it does no good unless someone finds me and lets thousands of someone <laughs> finds the episodes to listen to. Of course, the growing, the, my following is growing, and it feels really good, and it's really awesome. Uh, but, of course, I, I hope each time I'm just one step away or each interview that I do on someone else's podcast, uh, of course, that also builds a following. And so I always feel like I'm just one interview away or just one episode away from hitting that, that magic number of downloads and um you know my, my and having my reach just magnified <laughs> if someone lands the opportunity to be signed by a record label what are some key things they should know going in because as, as with anything right you think you know how things work but then you get in it and it's like oh you learn all kinds of things and they start happening and you're like i didn't know that i needed to know this well one of the most important things to remember is that um, before you sign anything, have a lawyer look at it. It's um, contracts, especially um, publishing contracts, which nowadays they're kind of they're, they've always been. Publishing contracts have always been infamous, and smaller labels, especially, they have you signed up sign a publishing contract rather than a record deal. And there's no harm in that except that usually these contracts that they have you sign 
you know if so if you're a singer out there listening to this and you're not writing your own music you got to understand all the money is in songwriting all in royalties um if 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 you go out on tour you get money from 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 touring but also most of it is in songwriting because of the royalties and and so what the labels they know that as well and so labels have you sign publishing deals and nowadays these publishing deals are sort of with smaller labels especially of sleeping deals sleeping contracts they the the, the way a publisher would uh, or should approach them is that um, you give them the right to sell your songs to movies TV series advertisements um, commercials what have you and that's their job the idea is that they take tons of money with it they keep half you keep they give you the other half to you they give the other half to you um, but of course nowadays what happens is they just have you sign a contract the smaller labels there are uh, rather reputable publishing houses there and I'm not this is not targeted at them in any way um, but these smaller labels aren't really music publishers but they still have you sign the deal what they do is that uh, it's a sleeping deal they just see if your music becomes a success on a little bit of promotion and then if a miracle happens and all of a sudden you top the charts they have a publishing deal and they get half of everything the song makes it very signing anything longer than three years if you don't put any dates on the contract or if they haven't put any dates on the contract they've got you for life and so make sure that there's always an end date when the contract expires if there isn't good luck but you'll never use that song again anywhere um, and so that's basically the best advice I can give um, and on top of that you know three most important things somebody once told me before you sign anything read it read it read it wow that's really really great advice um, I didn't know anything about that that's about the dates on the contract so uh, you know thanks for sharing that and I hope anyone out there who is listening who knows someone who's interested in music or being an artist and signing with a record label that you definitely take heed to the advice Thomas is saying to you all right, so your latest song, Cloud Nine, where did the inspiration come from to write that particular song? Well, the inspiration for the lyrics or for, for my contribution came from, from therapy. I've tried very hard not to write songs, I mean, for the impersonators, for, for, the, for that group, not to write songs that sound like Carmen Gray, because my mother and I have a certain type of... Uh, sound or type of um, songwriting style or the way we the way the melodies go for Carmen Gray and so I wanted the new group to have its own identity and I um, I always kept in mind before cloud nine not to write anything that sounds like Carmen Gray for the impersonators but um, Unbeknownst to me, my my oldest son had um, had started listening to Carmen Gray on Spotify and the new songs you're making with the impersonators. But you know, I I, I, I couldn't couldn't you write something more in the vein of Carmen Gray? And um, I thought about that for a while. Um, and and 
started slowly but surely feeling so much time had passed. Started feeling that, you know, I've to write songs that sound like Carmen Gray, then perhaps I'm the guy. And Cloud Nine, I really then gave myself a permission to go for the radio end of it. And um, I sort of pictured that, uh, or pretended that the old band was still together and that I was going to write a song and go to the rehearsal pattern, presenting it to, uh, to the band and for Nick Newman to sing. How Cloud Nine, that's how the melody and the that came about and, and and then I still had the uh, man's task of writing the lyrics and obviously in the impersonators Auntie Audio writes the lyrics and so um, he had sent me a poem a couple of weeks prior to that prior to my writing the melody that I liked a lot it was about a couple growing old together but um, it was missing the words for the chorus everything else was there um, and I had the hardest time because I knew it was going to be a love song. Auntie's poem was beautiful. And if you've written as many love songs as I have in life and you're of certain age, the, the sort of these um, love songs don't really come that easily anymore. You know, when you're in your early 20s and even before that, it's simple. You just fall in love and you write about it. But then when somebody's put you through the grinder for a few times, then it, they don't, you know, it feels stupid to sing these. Or I feel stupid, sorry. I feel stupid to sing these sort of um, about perfect love and, and, and all these cliches. And so um, I didn't know what the course was going to be about. And then when, when with the therapist I was going through, um, my, my sort of, uh, what's the right word, the challenges that I've had, um, I came to the conclusion that I've always been the so-called designated driver in relationships where um, I place the other person's happiness before my own. Even in the band practice, I was always the guy like, oh, you don't like this song? Well, how about that one? Oh, you don't like that either? Well, I've got a third one. How about this one? Um, and so, so I think that uh, Cloud9, the, the lyrics for the chorus, came from that idea as I was driving home from the session. I wrote the lyrics in the car. I thought that, you know, why not just write about me and my, how, how I've lived my life? You know, kind of, you know, if, if the sun isn't shining on me, you know, and that, that the consoling factor in the love song. And that's, that's really how the lyrics came about. And, and uh, I, you know, I, 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 I thought they uh, turned out rather well. Awesome. So what's coming next for Tom Tika and the impersonator? Well, the uh, the next release is going to be a song called Rodeo, um, and uh, it'll it'll come out. They the, the label has set the date, but I I, I can't remember it off. But it, we've taken a bit of a bit of a break. Um, I think Cloud Nine came out in March, and this will come out in late October. It was intentional. We with the impersonators, it, it's always a bit of a bit of a process because there's a label involved and then Janne Saxon is the producer and obviously I write the songs with Auntie Audio then uh, and sometimes collaborate um, with my wife as well um, and then there's always a music video and, and it, it's sort of we all because it seemed like seemed um, that we had been working non-stop for a couple of years so everybody needed a break uh, and, and that's, that's, that's why we haven't really done anything in the meantime I've uh, 
released a solo EP, and then another solo EP is going to come out actually this Friday, the last of July. Um, and but for the impersonators, after that, after the uh, the campaigning for solo EP and, um, and and the promotion after after it's done, I'm sort of going to start focusing on the impersonators again. And the next release is already mixed, it's mastered, it's ready to go. It's a song called Rodeo, and another song that is reminiscent of the stuff that I wrote for Carmen Gray. Um, the Cloud Nine and Rodeo are really like brother and sister. They came and now also felt that I also felt they should be released back to back but um, then after Rodeo I think sometime late February we're going to pile up singles we've passed two years and then there's a couple of new songs that have been recorded that will be mixed in, um, for for uh, for an album um, that's going to come out then in February late February early March and the that album is going to be titled Ghost Town Radio and well, I mean, we're not there yet, but I'm certainly looking forward. That's so awesome. And Tom, I really appreciate you, and I appreciate you sharing your journey as a musician. And hopefully, like I said before, it'll help other musicians out there who are wanting to follow that path as their career. All right, I have one last question. It has nothing to do with the topic that we've been talking about. But who are two people you would invite as special dinner guests, dead or alive? Well, Paul McCartney is, is, is somebody I would definitely want to have dinner with. He comes across as a really cool dude, a nice guy. I think that I'd have a great time with him and also about a thousand questions that I'd like to ask. It just The guy's a genius. Can't think of a better songwriter just the just just to be in the same room with him, having asking a few questions, hearing about the songs, hearing about the Beatles, his wife, whatever he wants to share would be uh, well, uh, sort of a dream come true. Okay, and 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 then in addition to Paul McCartney, another guy I would really like to hang out with, have dinner with, or a few drinks with, is Gene Clark of the Birds. Um, this is a guy that once again I'd have a zillion questions. For. He. Uh, after the Birds, Gene Clark released quite a few solo albums, none of which got the recognition they deserved. But I love him. He's a brilliant lyricist, outstanding songwriter, and uh, had a very troubled life, um, and which was mostly uh, mostly due to quite a few bad decisions on on his part. But but again, somebody I admire greatly. I I, I, I love to talk to him and um, get the inside scoop on, on, on a few songs. Um, and aside from music, but I'd also like to have dinner with Barack Obama, the former president, because I admire him a lot. He's a very level-headed, smart guy, engaging. And, um, well, the same thing is with Paul McCartney and Gene Clark. I'd probably have about a thousand questions, but just, you know, to, to, to have dinner with him, hang out, um, I'm sure I'd have a great time. Yeah, that sounds like a really awesome dinner. Well, Tom, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you, and uh, I also appreciate that you admire our our former president in, in the United States. Yes, he is the, truly an awesome guy, um, and I really believe who he is, um, who he shows to the public is authentic. And uh, Paul McCartney, man, <laughs> that that would definitely be because the Beatles were just, just a super awesome group. Uh, all right, so... Uh, Please take the time to let everyone know how they can access your music catalog or even, I know we're in the age of the pandemic, but how can we hear your band perform? 
if if at all. Well, the band, the impersonators, um, we don't tour because it's a group of two songwriters. Um, I've done a few live shows during the the Corona situation because we've had those uh, um, live shows through webcam and and but uh, but yeah, we don't tour. So the best way to hear the impersonators is is to go to the impersonators website, which is uh, impersonatorsmusic.com. Uh, it's got all the links that uh, you need. Um, you'll find the music there, and obviously we've got quite a few music videos on YouTube. Um, that's when you see at least me sing and play. Um, but yeah, um, no live shows. I'm not saying never, but um, perhaps one day. Any last words of encouragement for the listeners as they strive for more? Well, I mean, never stop dreaming. Uh, you stop dreaming, you stop living. Um, just believe in yourself. I suppose that really sums, sums it up for me. Awesome. Well, Tom, I wish you nothing but blessings and abundance in your life and in the future for your music career. You've had a phenomenal career, and I know you are definitely striving for more. Uh, who knows? Your son, who is six, he may follow in your footsteps, uh, and uh, that would be fabulous. Please take care. You too, and thanks for having me on the show. I really had a great time. Following your dreams can be difficult, and sometimes the results are slow and arduous. When we are young, we have all types of ideas of what we're going to do when we grow up. Sometimes we achieve that dream and sometimes we do not. And then other times we do achieve that dream, but it just happens a little later. All in all, make sure that you understand anything that you are getting into, especially when it comes to contracts. As Tom Tika said, the best advice he ever received was to read, read, and then read again. When in doubt, make sure you ask advice of others who have gone before you. Chances are they have experiences that they can share with you from their mistakes and things that happened to them. Is there something you are interested in but do not know how to get started? Send me an email at striveformore at email.com and tell me about the topic. I can probably find a guest who can share their wisdom and expertise, and hopefully that can get your wheels turning. Continue to strive for more and live your best life now. See you in the next episode.